Hi, this is your friend Neil. Hey, you know how uh, me and Moshe are kind of morons when it comes to the technical aspect of the show? And I know what you're thinking. Doug would take care of it. We made fucked up episodes all the time when Doug was around. Um, this episode's uh, technically also fucked up, but it's a great episode, and you'll get used to the vocal quality. Me and Moshe are distorted. Alan Hughes, our guest, is not distorted. Uh, and he has amazing stories about Tupac and Menace to Society and Denzel Washington. And uh, it's a great episode. So I apologize right ahead of time, but I promise you'll get used to it. Just don't listen to anything else while you're listening to this. Don't listen to a song, because when you come back to this, it's going to sound fucked up, Jack. This week's episode, big announcement, is brought to you by TiVo. That's right, TiVo. Neil, you remember TiVo? Sure do I. Before they invented TiVo, you couldn't watch TV. If you were gone, dude, you were gone. Unless you had a big, bulky... VHS situation, you were fucked, man. You couldn't. Well, see no, I mean, yeah, TiVo revolution. Literally, one of the best inventions of my lifetime. Uh, and now it's they've stepped their game up because uh, you can, if you have a TiVo. One of the great things about TiVo is showing you other shows that you would want to watch, which most DVRs don't have, and they'll automatically record it for you if you want. Right, and not only that, they got this new situation. Where if you've got cable, and this beats the hell out of your DVR, because if you have cable, you don't just have to go home and watch that shit in your pathetic-ass apartment. You can transfer this to your iPad, bring it to your girl's house, watch it while you're taxing that ass. You can bring the recordings anywhere with you and watch them anywhere. You like to bang and watch Grey's Anatomy. Do you not, watch listener? Yeah, so you watch. can do that. You can, yeah, you can watch your shows from wherever you want, whenever you want, instead of having to like, I got it downstairs. We gotta go. Like you watch it anywhere. You want to watch Game of Thrones inside of an actual throne? Which I actually that. would. I want. I want this. I want it too. I want this. You can watch it on an airplane. You can watch it waiting in line at the dentist's office. Whatever. Uh, also, you can ser- it searches cable and the web to find any movie that you want, any show, and it'll search for it. And it's got Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon, YouTube, all in one. This shit is actually good. I mean, I am being a corporate chill right now, but I kind of believe in it. Yeah. And there's a new thing, too, called the TiVo Mini, which is one TiVo box will work on a second TV. So from the couch to the kitchen, from the minivan to 35,000 feet, I guess that's an airplane thing. I didn't write that last yeah. part. TiVo makes TV. It's pretty obvious when you didn't write, when you <laughs> when you are reading and when you're saying. Well, do you think this is uh, natural or not? TiVo well, no, makes you're... TV about a thousand times better. Uh, okay, and here's the promo code. Get fuck with these people. Fuck with. You're it. gonna go to TiVo.com, T-I-V-O.com, and you can get a twenty-five dollars off a new TiVo premiere. P4 or, P4 or, or XL4 DVR. DVR if you use the promo code. A T C for all things comedy. A T C. The code is set to expire on 11 1 2013. So You'll probably be dead by then. That's in like, November. If you watch as much TV as you're about to watch when you get this TiVo, you'll definitely be dead by next year. And that is a message from our sponsors. A T C. Um, yeah, Neil. Hey, uh, Neil Brennan here, champs. You know what? You already know what it is. I'm doing some hip hop shit. Um, we're, let's do some dates, Moshe. I'm going to be in Philly June 13th. Johnny Brando's Fuck With Me. Go get tickets now. Don't make me sweat this shit. Sell it up before I get there. And then 14th and 15th of June uh, uh, at Arlington, in Arlington, Virginia, at the Arlington Draft House. Fuck with me there. 
Hey, it's Moshe Kasher. I'm coming to Comics at the Foxwoods Casino uh, the weekend of the 4th, 5th, and 6th of June. And then I'll be in Chicago for the Just for Last Festival, the 11th, 12th, 13th. Off to London, doing a show there, but that's the Aziz show, so if you can get it, get it. I'll be there. And I'm coming back and headlining the Improvaganza in Ottawa, Canada on the last weekend in June. So fuck with me in all those places. Go to bluecollardistro.com forward slash the champs to get a champs related t-shirt. Follow us both on Twitter. Fuck with us. Follow us. Not just follow us. Follow our guest today who's trying to get deeper into the Twitter game. Alan, go ahead and tell people what your Twitter name is. Hughes with the number two society. Hughes to society. society. How fucking corny is that? So not at the same time. Every time some shit is so corny. No, it, it travels. Yeah. Uh, it it transcends. Was menace? Wasn't menace? Didn't have two? Was it a two? It was a numeral. Yeah, it was a numeral. Roman numeral. Yes, but you're going with the normal Oops. numeric two. Before we get into this Hughes. numerical debate, Please, let's. I'm a tweeting whore, and I don't even like. Hughes to society. At Hughes to society. I need more white followers. I've been known. Oh, you're about to come the fuck up. A lot of black followers. Yeah. No, but you want to. You're also half. uh, You're a little bit white. I'm going to put a stop to this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're about to be fucked with by the champs. Now you're fucking with the champs. of the champs so exciting uh Neil, a guy this a guy that i'm legitimate he's a new friend who with this is how far back i go with this guy met him in 1993 in the green room wait for it of the Arsenio Hall show, <laughs> where I, where he was a guest with his twin brother promoting a little picture that they directed called Menace to Society. Ladies and gentlemen, Alan Hughes is here. Alan Hughes. Menace to Society. Yes. I was there with Chappelle, and, uh, and Alan was there with his brother, and I believe you guys were wearing Ben Davis shirts. What the fuck is Ben Davis? That's 1993. Ben Davis man. was the, it looked like the penitentiary shirt. It looked like the denim. With the zipper in the front and a little Damn. monkey on it. Yeah. That's embarrassing. That yeah. is 90s in LA is what it is. Yeah. Now, Neil knows you well and has some stories he wants to get from you. But I just have to say to you in the top here is that your movie was, resp- I wonder if you know this, was responsible for more inadvertent laughter in my childhood like the, the 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 worst parts of your movie, the most like savage parts. I grew up in Oakland. He grew up in Oakland. Yeah, that's a black ass. Yeah. And just give me the motherfucking videotape became like a punchline for a a group of youth. Like everybody thought that was so hilarious. And then I got a little older. I realized it's like a it's not a joke. That's a, that's a very serious scene in that film. And all these kids are like, ah, give me the motherfucking videotape. Ah, this poor Korean family dies. Now I have a Korean girlfriend. It's fucking odd. Oh, and, that's no. it's <laughs> and that's what you say when you funky circle. Those when you when you when you fuck her. When you fuck her. I say hurry up and buy when she's sucking. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know though that that was like a like people like kids were laughing at these moments of I knew, savagery? I knew when the movie came out because at the same year it was very interesting what happened. Uh, kids were uh, skipping school to go see Menace, right? Same year, uh, Schindler's List comes out. Uh, Schindler's List. Speaking of Oakland. Gets very, 
Exactly. Yep. A lot of skipping school to see those type of movies. Spielberg, there was a big thing because Spielberg and everybody was appalled that these ghetto kids were laughing. Well, no, that was, at, that was at Castlemont in Oakland, California. Yeah, in yeah fact. right. Yeah. And what he didn't understand, obviously, that you two gentlemen probably do, is that black audiences is like the black church or black funeral. Right. Very vocal. Mm-hmm. Right. So especially during violence. And, you know, you see Schindler's List. Those bo- just the shit was absurd. I mean, the guy who was his name who played the Nazi Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes has since left us somehow. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's still alive. Just like Menace is like he didn't know that that shit on the balcony when he's a shirt off sniping off those. Uh, yeah, con- concentration camp. Uh, he almost said Jews, by the way. Go ahead. I was going to say, I hate saying Jews. I want so to say Jewish, Jewish people. people. You, can't, you can't say Jews. You cut yourself. Yeah. But I'm saying, so yeah, I knew. I, you know, there's humor in, in. But you didn't know what you were making the scene, did you? I mean, it wasn't like meant the to. Korean store one? Yeah, I mean, that wasn't a comedic no, scene at all. No, no. Yeah, of course not. It's a very. That we didn't know it was funny, but no. Right. Is that there's a what does Loren say? He said, "What'd you say about my mama?" Is that what he said? Yeah, he said the dude said, "I f- I feel sorry for your mother," and he said, "What?" And you did a push on him, right? Yeah. You did zoom. Did you do the did zoom a, in? A little steady cam move into which I hate steady cam shots, but we we were on a minimal budget, so you got to do the steady cam. It's it's the it's the lazy man's way of doing things when you can't lay track. Right. Some Moshe, I'm sorry. This is some director shit. How did you now? How did how did yeah? The anniversary. That's what's tripping me. Oh really? I left on May 26th to the Whitey Yoga Retreat I went to. Alan just got back from a yoga retreat in real life. Is that what it's called, the Whitey Yoga Retreat? The Whitey Yoga Retreat because it's in the Malibu. They say Malibu, but it's actually not Malibu. In the hills, it's off the grid. There's no phones, no Mm -hmm. whatever. So I went into this place. Going, what kind of whitey will be here on the 20th anniversary of Menace was ironic. That that's and that's how far you've come. That's how far. I've what come. would you tell? What would what would 19 year old think of that? Of of the dude checking into the yoga retreat. You would think that's a corny move. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are. Right, let's go back. Because I don't even know how you got Menace. How did you guys come to? To, how did that whole thing come about? What's funny is that meeting Chappelle at the time in our cinema, yeah. he was 19. Yeah. We had just turned 21. Okay. And uh, I always liked that we were older than Dave Chappelle. Um, <laughs> I, I'd always judge that. Um, no, we were 19. We got lucky and fortunate enough to start directing music videos uh, for Tupac and NWA and stuff like that. So. But we were always trying to make movies. It was this was like just just happened and so you and you were up outside of LA in Pomona. Okay, originally from Detroit. So were you guys making films in high school? We were twelve. Okay, since the advent of the home video business and the, yeah, they, every now and then there'd be a shop with a camera, and uh, that's how it started. So then public access cable came about when we were in uh, high school. I had three shows on. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. Show just like uh, in Living Color called something videos. I can't remember. We had a clown. The whole shit before in Living Color. I invented that shit. Yeah, yeah I thought so. They had a sketch. What do you call a comedy show? And it was popular. And somehow one thing led to another. And we were making music videos. And uh, uh, wanted to make this movie since we were fifteen about this inner city kid. And 
Those and the, the, it was written by a guy named Tiger Williams. Yeah, <laughs> Williams. Yeah, yeah no, I, I remember because I remember when Tiger Woods popped. I was like, wait, is that the motherfucker who wrote Mass? That would be amazing <laughs> if it was. Uh, Tiger Williams, who was a, a buddy of yours, or he was my best friend in high school. My best friend was a you know gangbanger, uh, crack slinging, humorous running back motherfucking. Uh, his brother was a writer, the square one. Got it. And so I had this idea, and I so that was Tiger. Tiger one. Tiger was the square one. And Lion was the gangbanger. Is yeah, that right? Okay, right. Okay, yeah, we're getting it. Um, you got it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's it. You know, I said, I have this story. Let's go do some research. I got this guy I want to based off of him and watch. We went, right, like, right away, we went and did it on spec. Why does it look like pissing this house? Oh, I just pissed. Go ahead. Go ahead. Great question. <laughs> that is a good question. So Great question, Alan. Next question. Because we pee where we want. Go yeah, ahead. Long story short, I, I wrote the manuscript on spec he did. Um, handed it to anyone I knew in the business and said, whoever can set this up, I'll give you producing credit. And cut Who it set it up? Uh, he didn't actually set it. It's funny. There was a produce, The guy who produced Brenda's got a baby for us. A line producer. Right. The guy, Darren... Um, why does his last name escape me? I hope he's not listening to it. Right yeah, um, he gave it to someone at New Line as our agent simultaneously gave it to someone at New Line. Got Here's it. The story. My agent though at the time, CA was the Mike Ovitz or whatever. Yeah. They 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 bought her out of a contract just to get us. She sent us over there to do Last Dragon Part Two. She said, "Don't bring up Menace when you go over to New Line. Don't bring it up." I didn't know why she was saying don't bring it up. She wanted us to do Last Dragon Part Two with Bruce, Bruce Leroy. And I didn't realize this woman felt like she would have blood on her hands if, if the movie was made. In what way? That kids were going to die. Oh. The day we went to go fire her, once the movie got picked up from the guy, Darren took credit for it, so we gave him the credit. The movie gets picked up. We're 20 years old, just turned 20. We're parking to go fire her at CA, <laughs> and it's the day of the rights. Wow. Wow. And imagine so that was your own little riot there at CAA. Nuts. <laughs> you guys kept it super real. We had going... five blocks. <laughs> yeah, you, and you kept it super real. That was you're like, you know what? We're not gonna burn anything. We will fire agent though. We're gonna fire a white lady. We're gonna we're gonna riot Hollywood style. We will. And we're you know what else we're gonna do? We're gonna. We're going to get a new publicist. <laughs> don't, white people, don't think we won't get a new publicist. We are going all yeah. out. We, we doubled back and got some condoms. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, okay, sure. so... Okay, I... I you guys right. are really good at, at, at playing interested. I like that. No, I know. You're a fucking interesting dude. I'm and you're also... more interested in... I want to go back to what this woman's thought that she was going to have blood on her hands. Yeah. What did she think that it would glorify gangster yeah. lifestyle? And then- yeah, and at the time, remember... Had Menace... Uh, I mean, I'm saying, had Boys in the yeah. Hood come out? Boys in the Hood had come out, right, in 91. And uh, she... Because remember, when those type of black films came out, there were always casualties, and there was... Someone shooting the theater. Someone shooting the theater outside in the parking lot. Right. Uh-huh. right? So, I see. Um, she fucked up. And I, when we went and fired her the following Monday. I think you're right. And also, she should know that if you would put out The Last Dragon Part 2, somebody would have gotten fucked up from that shit, too. Right. They were going to kung fu fights out in the parking lot. For sure. Used to, in kung fu theater used to incite so many playground fights. Yeah. Right. That Absolutely. Actually, that's actually true. Yes. Yeah. It is um, okay. broken... All right, so, and then the movie comes out, and it's, uh, so you make the movie, small budget, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it comes out, and you, you must, at a certain point after you chat it, like, oh, this shit's going to work. 
It's funny because my brother, before it came out, our first interview was with uh, Variety. And we always talk shit, but he, he went out and said, uh, before we're even in production, he says, Menace to Society is going to make, I can't even talk today. Menace to Society is going to make Boys in the Hood look like Mary Poppins. Damn. And it was in both. I remember that. Face on the front cover of Variety. I said, looked at him, I said, yo, you fucked up now. I mean, I know, I knew we could be edgier, but I'm like, you know, everybody That's was crazy. so beloved, uh, Boys in the Hood at the time. Especially yeah. by Whitey. Yep. Is that right? Clear. How do you feel about it? I As thought a, it was a nice after-school special. I mean, it really was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, the just it, it wrapped up too neatly and was no, too it was like just, it was moral lesson. It was moralizing. I mean, the yeah. shit with Cube was pretty real. Cube at the time, you have to not to digress, but the genius of Boys in the Hood is Cube had left NWA maybe six months to a year prior. Mm-hmm. Just dropped America's Most Wanted album maybe three four months before that. Right. six months before that movie came out. And he was the hottest thing on the planet. He was edgy. He was mysterious. Yeah, right. And so that was the fascination. And his, but also his character was Doughboy was a good part. Like, he was, he, and he was good. He was very good. He but also good. that shit about like they either don't know, don't show, all that oh, shit is like that's work. good dialogue. Like almost every character in Menace is like that, though. He I, would be the softest character in Menace, right? Of the guys in the hood. Yeah, I saw in him in that performance of Doughboy that someday he would be. A perfect guy to drive his kids to the zoo with an inflatable. You, I used to look at him and go, you know what? Guys, I think we're looking at the next spokesman for Coors Light. That's what I thought. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I got questions. I've got some questions. Okay. So, um, so, and then, and then, okay. I get a question about Menace. The opening shot is a tribute to Watt Stacks, correct? The overhead shot. I wish. It's not. I wish. Yeah. I had never seen Watt Stacks at that. Oh, that's interesting. Same shot, though, right? I don't even remember. See Watt Stacks. If you've never seen Watt Stacks. You see, you didn't, before 10 okay. years ago, it wasn't even out. No, 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 no. I'll tell you exactly, and this is going to be a quadruple and droppy story. Welcome to the Director Nerd Podcast. Okay, there's a movie called Watt Stacks. Mike D from the Beastie Boys told me, you got to see Watt Stacks. Okay, so then I see it. it they released it in the theater. Oh. Oh. They released it in the theater. What I got year? Uh, 99. Uh, I it, they were listening to the theater in a, like a little theater in New York. I then take it and show it to Dave Chappelle and Hype Williams, to which Hype Williams says, "This is the blackest shit I've ever seen in my life." What is it exactly? It is a concert movie that Richard Pryor hosts, but he he just shoots like he doesn't host it on stage. He just is in a fucking pool hall. In Compton, oh, it's like, and it's not well lit, uh, and it's just Pryor talking. It's it's the first, performer. first time Richard Pryor, if I'm not mistaken, is performing mm-hmm. after his nervous breakdown, his his real you know hardcore Pryor. Yeah. It's, the, it's the first time that was recorded, and he was just shooting the shit with like ten. Yeah. yeah, and he he does a joke. How are you going to accidentally shoot a nigga twenty times in the back? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like he just says shit like that, and he smoke. It's like not even like there's no audience, no. and then it's all the performers from the Stax label at the, and it, at Col- the Coliseum, and it's the blackest crowd shots you've ever. Literally, Hype Williams said this is the black shit I've ever seen. That's incredible. And it, it culminates with Isaac Hayes with the metal, uh, sure. yeah, wearing a chainmail gold chainmail <laughs> vest. The best part of which he pulls Black up to Moses. the stage in the 
the middle of the Coliseum in a fucking station wagon. That's awesome. <laughs> it's the crazy. It, this, and also, Ted Land from the Love Boat talks a lot of shit about white people. It's really right. satisfying. This is the best sub sub digression I've ever heard. Uh, thank life. you. I, and I think we should stay on this. Podcast. Okay, so. Let's not go back to you. Okay, all. so that's all, I, that's all I wanted. <laughs> that's all I wanted for Menace. Uh, it comes out, it makes a shitload of money. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Uh, what does that do to your ego? You know what's funny is it, it did come out. It was quite the sensation. It, and we were lucky because, by the way, when we were editing it, it, it was a piece of shit. And uh, I'm not even going to Was there voiceover it. written into the script? It or was, was that? written in, but it wasn't, being, it wasn't effective when we were editing. There's a lot of it. And I won't go into details. It wasn't working. And at Ooh. one point, my brother, I'm going to tell a story I've never told before. Go. My brother. Just like he's like he's had enough at a certain point, so he kind of goes on a little sabbatical. And I would drive into work every day. I put a a washcloth in my passenger seat while I was driving because I wouldn't know when I was going to cry on the way into editing. Because sometimes I just break down and cry. That's how bad the movie was. Woof, been there. Like you're, you feel toxicity in every pore of your body. You, you literally, you think you're gonna die. Oh yeah, you're like when you see a first cut that doesn't work. You literally, your first instinct. The first time I saw Half Baked, I swear to God, I cried. This is That's the, terrifying. the yeah. most relatable podcast we've ever Thank done. Thank you very to much. The listeners at home. Just so people know, no, I was, yeah. I was. You go from that to if it, it's a lesson, and if you keep whether it's comedy, whether it's writing, if you keep at it. And you keep revising something this generation doesn't know anything about. Uh-huh. The first fucking drafts of everything. Yeah. You keep revising, keep revising. At some point, rhythms will start. And then you'll see things happening. And a menace in the editing was like, there was this 20-minute block of, it was just happening. And it was like, oh, shit. That 20 minutes works, so let's build let's from out from there. Out, you know, from yeah. there. And you, and you find it, it's, it's like, it is like comedy. You start practicing your set and you start seeing you start building on things that are working. Would you show it to people? No. Because I always find that that's helpful when you show somebody a cut. Well, we would show the... The shit you want to fast forward through is like, maybe just edit that out. Yeah. No, uh, we'd show, we would show sequences. Yeah, yeah. The ones you like. <laughs> yeah, like the, yeah, like the poker game, shit like yeah, that. Shit. <laughs> When's the last time you saw the film? Um, man... The whole film? Yeah. Maybe in 94. 94. Is it like watching yourself on film, watching a movie that you've directed? Like it's uncomfortable? Film? Yeah. But I've never, it's uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. But I'm saying, is it the same thing if you've made the film? I'd say like, it's like watching, it's like seeing a picture of yourself from high school. Right. Having said that. Having that, sex with your 14 year old girlfriend, that's what it's like. Oh, that's but great. also, yeah, like a like a videotape of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I got talk. I want to talk about that. Please, you, but it's a good movie. I learned a lesson. Say what you want about Menace. It's a fucking good movie. And it's the thing I was gonna say is, do you ever look back and go like, fucking, we were precocious ass motherfuckers, man. Now you know Chris Rock. Uh, we met Chris Rock when we were nineteen, and my man Nelson George the same yep. day. And Nelson's like a crazy uncle, and Chris has been like a, I don't know, interesting brother. You know. Uh-huh. And um, so they they met us before the movie, and I apologized to them recently. I said, "Man, we were some shit talking about. How did you guys bear? You know, how did you guys? Because I didn't realize how how outspoken and nuts we were. And they were like, "Well, you guys were. You know, we we dealt with it because you there was some talent there. You guys right. were talented." And I go, oh. "I was actually apologizing uh, in hindsight. You know, going wow." But no, we were just, my mother was a very outspoken, radical feminist, so that was normal. It was just normal. By the way, your dad was black and your mother was Armenian. My dad was black, mother Armenian. 
And your mother raised you? My mother raised me. Where'd you me grow up? Detroit and Pomona. Detroit in and Bad Detroit. Neighborhoods? Bad Neighborhoods, yeah. But uh, no gangbanger, crack dealing. So to answer your question, when it did come out, it didn't go to our heads. Because we re- I, I you were already cocky as fuck. We're <laughs> twins. My brother hit me with that like five years ago. We were twins our whole life, obviously. So the bus driver to school would make us his little pet project and bring Snickers for us. Right. Maybe he was trying to molest us. I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, throughout, our, throughout our adolescence, when you're twins and you have afros, you're like, oh, they're twins. And they give you treats. You're a freak. Right. So you're, you, we, we have been treated like that. And that's, I didn't realize that my brother hit me to that our whole lives. It was, we were kind of a sideshow act. That's interesting. We have been giving It's not that to- unexpected. Listen, they were putting us in plays when we were five years old just because we were twins. We right. We sucked ass. We just didn't, we were not great performers. Right. And they would just stick us in there with bow ties on the end. And it, 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 <laughs> it sounds adorable from what I'm sitting. Uh, I'm thinking about it right now. Okay, so here. that period of time, Mosh, I'm about to talk about somebody from Oakland. Oh, I can't wait. Excited. That, that's where I started. We started our career. Though. Is that right? Go. No, go. Talk about in it. In Oakland, the first music video we did was with Digital Underground. Oh, for, cool. For a group, Tupac was in the video too, called Raw Fusion, and it was shot in Oakland. Uh, it was a, it was really a good video actually. And then we went back to do two short videos, and he's Tupac, been on the show. So we our first three four videos and our paychecks came out of. Oh, that's Oakland. fascinating. Okay, so, and talk about uh, Pac. I know you talked about it on the Wake Up Show. I'm assuming most of our listeners didn't hear it. You're talking about the uh, Sway one? Yeah. Oh, you guys need to tune into that, because I'm not telling, that's the only time I told that whole story. Right. Well, you told me some of the story. This will be the second time. That sounds great. (laughs) Give me uh, some, uh, some, you got some Coke? Yeah, we okay. Coke, but you can't have it until you tell the story and tell it well. Cocaina. I'm gonna need some bump breaks. Like, so then, so, so then, Pac come out. I'm like, Pac, get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Uh, no, basically, you were friends with Pac. Yeah. You told. I'll tell you what you told me, and then you can corroborate That's it or not. Be more interesting. Okay. You told me that you were friends with Pac, and you directed his videos. And you were you were friendly with him. You picked him up at the airport oh, at Burbank. Pick up your mic and talk talk it out. <laughs> I think I, I I talked about this on the on the on the sway in the morning. Yeah. Um, who I love sway. I'm not. Yeah. He's from no. Oakland. Yeah. So he's cool. Uh, so Tupac was a was a dear friend at the time, and and he was the guy that saw the music video we did. He saw our short films. And he was like, uh, you know, I want you guys to do my first music video. Now, we didn't even know he signed to a label. So we, we became friends before his first album became, came out. And he was a really, really funny guy. Probably one of the funniest guys I ever met at the time. You know? Right. So whenever he'd come to town, we'd pick him up uh, at Burbank Airport. I think Oakland to Burbank was the thing at the time. And, $89. It was a great flight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one time, I think this is two music videos in. After we did uh, Brenda's Got a Baby, he was coming in and do the third video. Did you do Brenda's Got a Baby? Yeah, that it's was a great. It's a great video. <clears throat> Thank you, Oakland. Yeah, there's a story behind that one too. In fact, we did Brenda's Got a Baby, which was the second Tupac video, and it was the reason why New Line Green. That uh, I gotta say, in term, uh, shout out to Oakland. What a beautiful abandoned parking lot. <laughs> True. Yeah, it's just a real. It kind of looks like lots. a pool, but it's a or an aqueduct. Where you came up. Where, the, where you got? Where you shot the course? Where I was from? That pool. I grew up in that pool. Pool. 
No, no, that fucking parking lot for maybe that's keep your head up. I'm sorry. Yeah, about to say. Yeah. Yeah, no, that shit right there is in downtown LA. That's <laughs> downtown. No, that looks like downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, keep your head no, up. Exactly sorry, my fault. The fuck that is. Yeah. All right. No, no, Brennan's got a baby. Was without that we wouldn't have got Menace Greenlee. That that's was fascinating. The, the one piece that Bob Shea saw. Anyway, so I pick him up one day after that music video. We're already our, our relationship's a little rocky at the time. How come? Just from working together? He'd start getting heat. And on the on the second video, Brennan's got a baby. It was getting, he just was getting, I don't know, emotional at weird times. So what we did was we plotted the video where he'd only have to shoot two hours. And then back then, it was such a great story. We shot the whole video without him. We just, but those two hours were. <laughs> By the way, anything you see on Tupac these days when they do retrospectives, ninety percent of the the images they call from that video. And it was only two hours we shot with him. Right. The rest of the night. Yeah. Anyway, pick him up Burbank Airport, him and his brother. Go to Paramount one day. They're setting up a screen for Tupac to see a movie. We don't know what movie. Turns out it's Juice. I'm sitting right next to him watching the movie. I don't, you know, it's, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I know he, he was actually amazing in the movie. At the time, he had one uh, tattoo of this Egyptian pharaoh. It said Tupac in his chest. The moment he walked out of there, he was never the same. What what happened in your mind? I think a few things. Ego. Happened. Only recently I've discovered the the ladder of of my thoughts about that. <clears throat> I think first of all the silver screen, it, it, it's overwhelming. If you see your name up there, let alone your face, there's nothing like it. You know, I think it crystallized for him like what his future was and what he could, how he could become famous and what he could do well. And he saw that even right down to the, the final act of dying. I think he saw everything right there. I think he saw his his ticket to becoming this mythical figure he's he wanted to be. I think he he felt it. I don't I don't think it was an intellectual thing. I think he felt it so instantly. I'm talking about the week after. There's tattoos, huh. gang members. You know, he was he was switching sets a lot too. He would. So you're saying before that juice thing, he was more of a digital underground guy, like more fun. jovial. He was fun, man, and huh. very funny as fuck. He was, he was the best at snapping too. Because that is that is the thing about Tupac is he's this mysterious dichotomy between like this sort of silly guy and then all of a sudden he's like you can't tell is he a gangster or is he's he a nice guy he's like a silly what? guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a very sweet man, you know, young man. But I think his talents were more in humor and shit talking. Mm -hmm. That's why when, but he was a consummate actor. So when he became the thug, when you listen to the track, and here's an interesting little tale. I was in, I had a label deal with Interscope with Jimmy Iovine, who obviously Tupac was on that label. I was very close to Jimmy, and I was in his office when he played me "Hit Him Up," where he talked about Biggie and his wife and all that bullshit. And the thing about Tupac is, he probably was one of the best shit talkers. You know, ever, you know, one of the top in the top 10 shit talkers of all time. I heard that track and I said, not only did he talk shit and name names, but he did it well. And I said to Jimmy Ivy, I said, he's going to be dead within six months. He's like, why? Why do you think that? Why? He's he's too good. He's too good at shit talking. He he, he crossed the line. It was a, a hip hop, it was a moment in hip hop where a line had been crossed. Right. And not only crossed, crossed well. Yeah. It was done well. Yeah. And I, I knew right then I, when I told you, man, I said, he, he won't make it six more months. And between what I was getting ready to tell you, him going from every two months, he would switch sets. 
whether it was with the Rolling Sixties or the Bloods or some gang in Houston. Were they and they were all Bloods or they he no, no, switched Bloods and would, Crips whichever, and whichever fit his where he was at the time. He was part of that gang. <laughs> that's just called fucking, a Transformer. That's hilarious. And that's gonna get you killed alone. Right. So he had already been whether through Oakland, uh, uh, Baltimore, New York, and L.A. He had already been through ten gangs, being affiliated with ten gangs by the time uh, hit him up came out right you know so so there were guys like well we would have protected you but you're not with us anymore so you <laughs> you quit Tupac uh, we, we loved you we loved you oh guess what guys we've got another sponsor for this Let's, episode uh, uh, hey yeah we're taking a break right now to let you know that we're also sponsored yeah we're fucking double dipping y'all we're trying to get we're paid we're a popular you guys. Ass podcast guys we've been doing this for free for a long time and now that Doug's gone we're trying to get that money <laughs> So listen, we're also brought to you by Audible.com. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, we fuck with regular books. We also fuck with audio books. Right. Let's say you're illiterate, but you love literature. What are you going to do? You're in a tough spot. Uh, but but you go on. Audiobooks are the shit, particularly if you drive a lot, which I'm assuming you do. That's why you listen to a podcast. Uh, you're going to log on to audiblepodcast.com uh, slash the champs. And you get a free download of you a, get a free download of a book. Of a book. Um, uh, you got any suggestions this this week? I always suggest Tina's book, uh, Tina Fey's book, um, Mindy Kaling's book. I got some new ones. Yeah, Larry Wilmore has a book on there. Oh, cool. He's a champs guest. Larry, past champ, Larry Wilmore. Uh, I have been reading Stephen King's The Dome. I it was I think it's very good and it's about to come out on a TV show on CBS. That was fun. There's also a book called um, called Gone Girl. That people are talking about, lots of fun, and I also recently a friend of mine and a really a, a really interesting book. It's called Sex at Dawn. Uh, it's about, oh, you love that book. You've talked really about that book. That's about the which I'm into. It's about like basically it's about cave pussy. Okay, it's about that old <laughs> cave pussy and whether or not monogamy is natural for human beings. So all of those based are, on cave times. That's where you learn that women uh, make loud orgasms to signal to the rest of the village. Correct. Exactly. Yes. Uh, also, uh, my friend DC Pearson has a book out called Crap Kingdom. Um, a funny guy and worth a download. And of course, there's always Casher in the Rye. Of course. Y'all, get that book, man. It's I've been reading voice. this book called Present Shock by Doug Rushkoff, which is about just how awful all this technology is. The point is, us. guys, speaking of technology and how awful it is, you can go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash the champs and get a free copy of an audiobook of your choice and then fuck with it. Thank you for fucking with us. You fuck with us now. Back to our regular annual program. And then Tupac was going to be in Menace. Yeah. You told me a story about the rehearsal, which was interesting. Yeah. What did I tell you? You told me the story that he was fucking around a lot. In re- he was going to play the Muslim in, yeah. he, in he Menace. He only wanted to play a secondary character, yeah. You also told me something interesting, which is he, him and John Singleton had hooked up. Yeah. And he was like, I'm only making movies with John. That, like, tell me that's Yeah. Pac was always... I don't even say Pac. Let me say Tupac. That's like the guy's... Pac had... Right. <laughs> That's the other thing I know. Like, yeah. when you say, oh, me and i So, Tupac at the time, uh, always, he was always looking for this father figure. So, he would make someone into his daddy. So, at the time, you can imagine making John Singleton into your daddy. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. So, we're, we're like at Shutters somewhere where he's, he's doing prep on um, Juice. It wasn't Shutters, though, it was the other Lowell's over there. Doesn't matter where the fuck it was, right? Um, and he's in the room with us. And there's two things going on. We're getting ready to shoot his third video, where he's telling us, like, "Look, I want to be a white man in this video," and it's called "When My Homies Call." 
Horrible video because it's a long story. So <laughs> I'm like in this hotel room with him trying to get him to sign on to Minutes of Society, which she's already agreed to. And he goes, so when we shoot this video next week, I want to be a white man. And we're like, well, it's called one of my homies called. It's a serious song. He goes, I want to be white. I want to be white. I want to be a white man. I said, well, can you let us on it? And he Is there any more information than that? No, no. He was dead serious. You know? Meeting over. Then he said, well, <laughs> thank you for coming in. Goodbye. Meeting was over when they told me who his daddy was. He said, you know, I'm only doing uh, movies with John Singleton now as a star. And, you know, it's going to be like Scorsese and De Niro. So this is this fits perfectly, me playing this Muslim. Just want you guys to know. We're like, whoa. In the story. <laughs> yeah. In the story, you know. And, 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 and John but, was in that video. I mean, he actually showed up. And, and all right, so then so that, that was, was for Poetic Justice? They were they were prepping then, for Poetic then Justice. Then he had a fallout with, with John. It's interesting what happened. But no, no, tell me about the rehearsals with oh, okay. Tupac in Menace. He just Menace. Was coming in every day. In fact, I thought about today. Like, it would be something as random as... As when the makeup artist came in to look at everyone while we were rehearsing, he would say, I don't wear no motherfucking makeup. Then he'd get up and make a deal about, like he just got stabbed. He would run around the room screaming, I don't wear no motherfucking makeup. I ain't put it like, I want. Yeah. He, he didn't I could see him jumping up and down right now, doing it in yeah. my mind's eye. There's, if there's a few people in the room, he's gonna, that's just, that was a point where he's on start. It just had to be an audience, especially because Jada was there. Right, so they went like, to school together. Like that. So two days in a row, he was being, you know, I don't know what. Like you said, disruptive. Like he was just being disruptive to the yeah, point where it was impossible to do rehearsal. And everyone was laughing, the whole cast. Right. And I was like, wow, they're not helping. So they're like laughing at him. They're laughing. No, they're laughing with it. It was they're funny. With it. It's amusing because he mm-hmm. is very entertaining, you know? And and they, you get caught up. Like he'll get you caught up in his bullshit. Yeah, he's fucking Tupac. Right. <laughs> Yeah. You look like Tupac. Hey, what are you doing? It's a movement. Yeah, movie. yeah exactly. People got to have they self. Hey, call me Pac. Yeah. Call me Pac. So, somehow, and that's a longer story, how that second session ended with me in the office with him. No, no, no. Tell that story. That's what I want to hear. Because that's fucking really interesting. Did I, did I say that another show? Yes. No, I don't know if you told, you told me this story, I, don't I think. I think I said another show. I wish I could articulate today, but I'm not very good at it. You told, here's what you told me. You told, you said that you told Jada and Lorenz, don't laugh at Tupac the today. third time he came. Yeah, because you're fucking up yeah. rehearsal. Yeah. And they listened. So the third time, he, well, it was everyone, uh, but the ones that we know. Third time he shows up to the day he shows up to rehearsal, no one's laughing. And he trips up. Hmm. I don't think he's ever experienced this. And he said something to me that provoked us to go into my office alone. So we went to my office. I sat down behind a desk, which I never do. And he's just going nuts, just talking shit, cursing me out, pacing back and forth. On what? On your disrespecting me kind of thing? You told him not to laugh? I don't even know what the fuck he was talking about. You know, he's just creating shit. And I'm I don't wear no motherfucking makeup yeah. type shit. Once again, yeah. in case you thought that I changed yeah, yeah. my policy, I still no longer, I do not wear any motherfucking makeup. So what happens with me, and I'm not no fighting dude, as I said in the other show. I'm, I'm not a fighter. I'm going to claim I'm a fighter or whatever. I start smiling before violence happens, too, and I'm going to be involved in it. Sometimes I, get, I have a nervous smile. They're smiling right now, though. I don't like that. All right. Back, and Tupac says, 
he runs up on me and says, what the fuck are you smiling at? And that was at that point I stood up. I said, I stood up. I don't know what I said. I said, let's go. Let's just start. Let's just start swinging. Whatever it was I said. I didn't say it like that, though. And he literally ran to the door, turned around, said, call my manager. Ran Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and thus, a image was shattered. <laughs> no, that's what I, 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 I No, I know. I, I know. That's what I, because people mythologize Tupac. It was like, I used to see the dude. He was five, six, five. Like, yeah, he wasn't a big most, dude. Uh, yeah, so. That's hilarious. Yeah, and then. And he was a sweet guy. He and he quit the movie, right? No, we fired. I'll tell you what happened. I'll, I'll keep it short. Yeah. Um, you don't have to keep it short. I we got time. Program. It really is going to be two hours. Yeah. Still telling great stories. Uh, if I could, if I was on today, you guys would be in trouble. So what happened was he had a contract for $300,000 for three weeks worth of work. So 100000 a week. Unheard of for a rapper at the time. even. Right. On your movie. On the movie. And he's what triggered the green light. We have to get a platinum selling artist. To, to trigger God the green damn. light. Now watch how Oakland comes back full fun. <laughs> Man, you're just speaking my language. So, uh, uh, always a too short fan, by the way. Always a too short fan. Most slept on rapper at the time, going platinum, no one knew. Long story short, long story long, I called Tupac that night after he ran out of the room. And I said, look, man, and he's just going nuts. Call my manager. I'm not talking. I said, listen. I said, <laughs> I said I'm directing the movie. We start shooting in six weeks. If I can't communicate with you, you got to go, man. And he hung up on me. So I called his manager, Atrium Gregory, which was the manager of Digital Underground. Tupac feels this. And Tupac, I said, I don't really give a fuck what Tupac feels. If he doesn't, if we don't communicate, that's a wrap. And we got off the phone. I, and I went that night to the premiere of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Sure. A New Line movie where Mike DeLuca, the president of New Line, and Bob Shea, the chairman of New Line, were there. I had the contract. I still have the contract, a $300,000 contract. Got them out of the premiere, walked them into the lobby and says, we got to fire Tupac. I said, we got to fire Tupac. He said, why? And I told him why. And then I pulled two short out of my back pocket and said, he's a platinum artist. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know who the fuck is. Hey, yeah. He's a platinum artist. They go, okay, let's fire him. Wow. I, I explained to him what had happened there. I love that this is at the premiere of Glengarry Glen Ross. Right, this is like, Gil, right here. No, yeah, I know, but I love that that's like a scene from Glengarry Glen Ross. Like, Tupac's right. got the good leads. Always be close. Tupac has the Glen. Too short has the Glen. The, the Glengarry leads, and we got to hire. That's so funny. And here's, the, here's the thing. I mean, I don't know who listens to the show. Too short actually had three bona fide separate albums. And really was a platinum. No, Too Short's been on the show. And he yes. was fucking great. His first 10 albums, people don't, like, his first eight went platinum. Tupac wasn't really a platinum artist. Oh, you're saying yeah. at that moment in time, Too Short, Short was bigger. outsold Tupac. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then you fought him. That's a whole nother thing. You, uh, that you, wasn't a fight. That wasn't me and him fighting. That was, I'll keep it that real short. That was him giving weed and alcohol to a bunch of Crips who jumped me. That was never me and him. Wait, he gave them weed to jump you? No, he provided the social lubricants. <laughs> that would enable a jumping environment. enable them to beat up someone they have no beef with. Uh-huh. On his, at his behest. Is that the way to put it? Right. So you've gotten beaten up by a group of Crips. Yeah, that's a scar. That's a great thing to be able to say. It's a trip. You know, and not at nice. Tupac's behest. Yeah, Tupac. <laughs> I missed the most important. Yeah, not like it's not like he was going to beat up by a bunch of Crips. Like 
<laughs> like you got, even if you don't direct menace, that's going on your tombstone. Right. Fucking guy got beat up by a bunch of cops at Tupac's behest. And you, and then he, they ended up suing you. Did he beat up both of you or just you? Or did they beat up? Yeah. No, I know. Tell the story of him hitting you. Just tell the story. <laughs> tell the fucking story. It's actually classic because like, I can't, I, I'm trying to tell a short version. I pull up to a music video set. We're not directing a music video, but it's for the soundtrack of Menace. And my brother's with me and my best friend, the guy whose brother wrote the movie. And there's like about 10 guys and Tupac. Tupac, I get out of the Jeep and Tupac comes and traps me kind of in the doorway. And he, he asked me, why did I blah, 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 blah. And I would answer everyone with a very, every question he had with a very truthful, honest answer. And he would look at me like, damn, he's right. <laughs> and then it'd be somebody, punch him in the mouth, punch him in the mouth. At that point, reaching fever, they got me all boxed in. And they've got Tupac amped to, to jump me. So he'd ask me another question, and I would answer it honestly and truthfully. And you could just see him like, damn. He, he knew I was right, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is—he's—he's he's yelling at you about the menace stuff. He's yelling about the menace stuff. But I'm not firing him. He knows I'm—I'm I'm right. And it, so it was the third <clears> question he asked me, or a third thing he tried to whatever. By that time, there's five guys, and they're like spitting on the back of his neck, talking so loud, like punch him in the, kick him in the, you know. And I—I—I I, I weaseled my way out of that jam I was in. I started walking away. I. You know, at that point, you're like, I, I've never been in this position in my life. I thought someone was going to die. And then I'm walking across the street. My back is to all of them now. And I feel what feels like a Nerf ball hit my head. I was like, what the fuck? Why was somebody? Why now of all times does someone throw a Nerf football at me? <laughs> it was the equivalent of a Nerf ball hitting my head. And I turn around. It was actually Tupac who threw a a sucker punch. And I'm giggling. I'm actually giggling like, yo. I mean, there's three things happening. Gangster here. hero. There's three yeah. things happening here. You, you threw a sucker punch that felt like a Nerf ball. One. <laughs> Two, and the biggest, the biggest thing, you threw a sucker punch in the streets. And three, even bigger than that, you threw a sucker punch in front of a bunch of Crips, which I thought was a big deal. You know, I'm, 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 I'm bugging that he did it. And before I knew it, Somehow I had him by his crotch and his, I think it was his t-shirt, and we're on the other side of the street, and he's on top of a truck. You lifted him up and yeah, threw him on top like, of a truck. It was just like a, yeah. a quick whatever the fuck. I just remember seeing him over me, which no one believes. Right, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing him over me, and I remember him hitting the truck, and I remember me lifting my fist up like a movie and then getting sucked into a vortex. So long story, long again... Then they, it's like a fucking scene out of Raging Bull with 10 Sugar Ray Robinsons just, yeah, yeah. blood's going everywhere. I just feel my body moving. I don't feel anything. I'm, I just remember being hunched over. Are you in, is it hurting? No. No. I was shocked, you know. I've been in fights, several fights, but, but I've never been hit in the face. Before. Right. I've never been hit in the face before. And everything else, too, you know. And it just you can just feel your body moving, but you're not feeling it. And you see blood. You're like, it's surreal. So... Uh, they get off me, and my friend is fighting, and you know, and they get off me finally. And Tupac's about, I don't know, 15 feet away. And he says uh, to, to them, he says, go get my chains. Go get my chains. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And I'm slumped over like this, and I had all his jewelry in my hands. And that was, you see, this is a story. I don't want to take the mystique or myth away from Tupac, but everybody's a human being. Too late. 
he was over there. I was a bloody pulp, and he sent the dude to get his chains out of my hands. Which he would ripped out in the skirmish. In, in the skirmish, whatever. Whether he was over my head or parallel to my chest does not matter. Right. Uh, and then you ended up suing Tupac, which surprised people. But what I would say to Tupac is he forgets you sued Tupac in the Crips. You are half black. You're and half you're half Armenian. You can't get into a scrape in a parking part. lot. You can't you can't sideswipe an Armenian's car without getting sued for. That's the, Ch- the Chappelle Show version. Let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what really happened. Okay. I said through an emissary. I said, "Have him meet me at the park, and we can we can settle this." Three times we, I sent that. Call. You wanted to just with, with hands. Oh, you yeah. wanted to let's fight. Just, you just, just box it out. Me and you, let's just settle it. Whether you even want to talk your way out of it. Oh, you got one of those joints. Uh, whether you want to talk yourself out of it. I just wanted to meet man on man. Three times I attempted that. Now, why, let me ask you this, though. Why would he have done it? You've now lifted him above your head, <laughs> ripped all of his chains point. off. <laughs> he knows you're going to win in the mono. You know what? I think he knew, too. It's like me. I just wanted to. Like just settle. Let's just settle this. Yeah. If we have to come to blows. So I remember uh, that he was on MTV bragging about premeditating the beatdown and the whole show. On your MTV raps, yeah. and I saw it. Yeah. Oh, hilarious! So I just I I knew that. So I took him to court, and I knew I had that in my pocket. And he it was a rap. He he got uh, convicted. But he would say this: the streets don't go to the courts. Those motherfuckers took me to court. We don't do that in the streets. Blah, 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 blah. What happened when he got shot five times? Ran right to the cops. <laughs> right. Also, you tried to handle on some street shit, and he, he, didn't he said no. All right, now look. Let's let the great... Great performer. I just want to say, and I do want to say this. I'm not disparaging Tupac. He's a human being. Yeah, that's why I've always tried to say that on the show. It's just a human being. Like, all these people got murals of the dude and did this. It's like, he was just a dude who was a good rapper. streets, man. Yeah. No, I get that. You got the black grandma's wall now. You got JFK, MLK, and Tupac. T-U-P. Just some dude. Just some dude you knew. Speaking of the that, and again, great performer, icon, fucking funny, great rapper, pretty eyes, I beautiful mean, eyelashes, all that shit. For yeah. real, though, for real. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. Uh, speaking of the streets, American Pimp. Yeah, my uh, favorite. You favorite. directed yeah. with your brother, which people don't know. That you've made. Mm-hmm. It, well, why? Because to your question earlier, it's the only one I can step back from. It doesn't feel like we <clears throat> we were. It's them. Because it's them talking the whole it's time. Them, right. It's just a, a mixtape. Right. It's right. Sure. Mixtape. You know, you can you could turn that thing and just turn the audio on. Uh, the little little known thing about that documentary is we could not show people pimping. We couldn't show them pimping because they would it'd be a federal case. I mean, just that simple. So it, it's essentially a talking heads documentary. Interesting. You know, it might as well be fog of war. You know, it's just right. It just. The talking head doctor. Do you know who my favorite pimp was? Can you guess? I think it's pretty easy. I wish I wish it was the, my favorite pimp, but I doubt it was. Yours is Who was yours? No, fuck no. That's The one thing I want to shoot myself for is introducing him. The world. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Uh, you know who it is. Tell me. It's Mr. White, folks. Oh, hilarious. Of course it is. But it's white folks, we, we didn't really deal with him. That was the, the bastard documentary that fucked with didn't, white folks. No, what's the story there? The DP stole all, all your my connections? My scout and best fishing buddy 
from uh, <laughs> New York, Brett Owens from the location scout from Dead Presidents. Knew we were because he did the uh, hookers at the point for HBO, but he had called this footage over twenty years of tricking. He was a trick, so he had. So, oh, that's cool. He was a he, he was a trick yeah. who used to go to the point to get hookers. Yeah. Uh, so he had all this videotape shit for, from the eighties. So when Sheila Nevins at HBO, that's the one about Hunts Point in the there Bronx. You go. Okay. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. Go. And he's my my good good. He's the guy who picks me up every time I come to New York. You know, introduces me to New York fishing game, Montauk, all this stuff. But he's from the Bronx. Sheila Nevins, half Armenian Bronx. folks, half Armenian. They all fish. I mean, what are you gonna do again? The, the documentary was actually decent. That hookers the point. He was in the hose. We started making this pimp documentary, and then I, he vanished. I couldn't find him. I talked to him every week. And I showed up to the uh, was it the uh, pimp ball, players ball in Chicago <laughs> that year, the Academy Awards of pimping. I show up, and there he is with a camera. We brought iced tea, and iced tea's in that in that shitty documentary. What's the shitty one? Pimps up, host down. Pimps up. Oh, 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 and so who was your favorite from your film? His name was uh, Bradley. He didn't but have a funny name. Yours would have been. You think yours would have been twice as good or twice as important had Pimps Up, Post Down not oh, had, had yeah, your boy yeah. not made. It, 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 they they took the air out of uh, out of uh, like American Pimp became a cult, cult film, right? And we had offers. This is how crazy it is from the Weinstein Company, from Polygram Pictures at the time, from Sony, whatever. 10 minutes of Super 8 footage of Rosebud, we were getting 2.5, 3.5 million dollar offers <clears throat> to pick up the film at that point. Rosebud being one of the pimps? Rosebud was one of the pimps. He was the first one we shot, yeah. Okay, I haven't seen the movie in a long time. He, I remember, okay. Rosebud was, yeah, I, he was like a very, With two, I was going to say he's very charismatic, yeah, but I guess very, they're all very charismatic. No, but he was very, he was very uh, almost like excessively, like you, you, I don't know how to explain. What do you make of what do you make of pimps? Because as a it's like you, as a guy, you're like, yeah, cool. we all mythologize pimps, but it's like they're sexual slave masters. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's kind, that's not cool. Ultimately, like as cool as it is, there's part of me that thinks it's super cool, and there's part of me that's like they're horrible. You know what I think about pimps? I instantly default to the man that molested the women. Fuck the pimps. Well, it was the father or the uncle or the guy in the neighborhood. That's who, that's, that's who I think about. I go, it, it ain't the pimps. The pimps reap the benefits of the child molester. He's a symptom. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. Because let me tell you, few people talk about it. Nine out of ten whores have been molested. Right. That's the bottom line. I'd say even more than that. More than nine, nine, out of nine and a half point. You can't really get a lot more. Nine out of ten. I, ten I think they've all been molested. No. Every one. single one? I... This is a good debate. Have it. Yes. We, all, we only have debates. So yeah, I believe okay. all, all, there's no, uh, I'll say street hookers. Street hookers. There's street not hookers. a single one that wasn't molested. I, I think that seems excessive. I'm sure that there's, there's no one to prove it. I'm sure that, well, we can go to the streets. We can take it to the streets, as we always do on this show. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure that somebody just got addicted. I, I, we're talking street hookers. No, if we're talking hookers in general, I know hookers for sure. Hookers in general. What he's saying. Yeah. 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 But he, they just got addicted, addicted and to And massage women all were massaged as young women. <laughs> they all received massages from their uncles. Can really uh, is going to get me in trouble? Yeah, yeah, uh, And I'm going to underscore this by saying North American actresses. 
Okay. <laughs> I already I already love this. Go ahead. I think me and you talk about this. And I'm not saying all, but we can But nine out of ten. Yeah, not even nine out of ten. North American actresses, not the ones just let's just talk about. Are one bus stop Greyhound <sighs> bus down bus stop station or one best friend away from being a prostitute? That is something that we're getting in trouble. Yeah. I mean I, I, that's I'm not saying listen, I didn't say all I said you have to look at this, and I'm, 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 I'm in, in America. Yeah, a girl in Kansas City. So we're not talking about Julia Pinoche. No, we're not talking about no in America. That Amelie chick. No, <laughs> no, we're not talking about. Keep going, <clears throat> Meryl Streep. No, Meryl Streep came up at a time where you know theater was big and being right. a real actress was. So big. you're talking about like I know what you mean. Hot chick. Yeah. You're talking about just most girls, most actresses. It's from a, it's from a crazy place. It's they want to be famous. Yeah. They don't oh, you're talking about not. You're talking about not girls that want to be actresses. You're talking sure, about girls that want to be yeah, famous. I'm saying most girls that come to Hollywood come here to be famous. Uh-huh. They don't. They're not like I'm trying to be a strapper on Avon right now. Uh-huh. That's the well, that's what I always say. It's like you want to be an actress. Go here's a here's a fucking here's a play. Just go do it with your friends. Right. If you're just like, I want to be an actor, I love acting. Yeah. You can act. Nobody has to see it. Why do people have to see it? If you're that committed to acting. It's well, like, it's simply said to you guys. I mean, I agree. I go direct it. Uh, I'm not one Greyhound bus station away from No, me. he's three. He's <laughs> easily three. My yeah. And also, his, three. Also, <laughs> his, also, his brother got molested. He did not. Oh, that's great. There you go. Bingo. <laughs> Wait. Uh, I, th- this is. But I would admit to wanting to be famous in some way. Right. Then you or, can suck a dick. Which no, I, I wouldn't. By the way, I don't have a problem with dick sucking. We we there's a place for that. <laughs> it's the mouth, right? The, and the place like is the it. mouth. Like and, the, the and, the, and the second and the other place is my car. Right. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the no no. But I, I'm with you. There is a. The, it's from a damaged place. Don't, don't lift the part that sounds disparaging. <laughs> no, it's the whole part. It's like comedians. It's like trouble people. Yeah, I mean, comedians, I would say. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. saying North American actors. Um, okay, so comedians that... Comedians trouble people. That, How about that new Richard Pryor documentary? I was, I was a little, a lot, I was a lot... Mm, no, uh, you know, listen, I am... I, this man probably knows more. I don't know you yet, but I'm getting... I, I, You're getting a sense of him. feeling that. You're feeling it. I'm feeling it back. I'm a Richard Pryor junkie as his... Most comedians, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at that piece because we were going to do a documentary on him and met with him. And I used to do stand up comedy, which I never admit, admit. And wow, that doc just didn't do him any justice, man. It just glazed over. But you want to talk about a human being? No, no, but but same thing, human being. Oh, yeah, and and he no, thinks he wasn't a human being, he was right, a but this was. His yeah, were. this was this focused on his dark humanity. He's I've never look I, having he, read Pryor's book, yeah. uh, Pryor Convictions. Yeah, no, that was interesting. Richard Pryor's an unbelievable comedian. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking dickhead. Oh no doubt. He's a fucking no dickhead. Well, and the, the, the documentary was just going. Here's a documentary about a dickhead. I love this part though when they said he wasn't an addict; he was a stone cold junkie. Uh huh. And that summarized everything. Yeah. So we just imagine a junkie. Think about it's like imagine if Lindsay Lohan was an unbelievable comic, and not an unbelievable actor. 
yeah, because she her her acting window was so small. It's like imagine if Lindsay was fucking off the charts, re reinvented stand up comedy and did it in a way that people still talk about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's very interesting. That's what I yeah. That's why it's very interesting. You you come back to he was just a man. It's very interesting, yeah, but if if, if, if if you know, it's like when you watch the documentary. These are obvious things, but uh, uh, the Jack Johnson one, I can't remember. Un, un, Unforgivable blackness. blackness. Yeah. Now, it left me a little bit to be desired. I think it could have been a little edgier, but it was comprehensive. It was comprehensive. Also, fucking guy rode around. They had a picture of him what? in front of a convertible with a white woman in a fur, and he's beating. <laughs> How much white more? men's asses in 1920-some and fucking white women and yeah. driving a night. You know, it, yeah. It, I mean, it, 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 got, it made a point. Yeah. And it landed hard, I think, that documentary. Yeah. Well, it was great for... It's great to see... It's great. I mean, it's Ken Burns makes... He's the best. He's unbelievable. Other than Errol Morris, who's Errol the Morris, best. They're both the best. Up there, yeah. um, but you had some... Very, you directed uh, Denzel Washington in... Um, Book of Eli. Mm-hmm. You had some very funny stories about negotiating with. Because I was talking about if I'm a star, if I'm Denzel Washington, I've done 20 movies. I'm a fucking star. People come to see the movie because right. I'm in the movie. And you come up. He agrees to do the script, and then you've got direction. And and you told me and I don't know if you want to talk about, it, but negotiating with Denzel. By the way, it's not twenty pictures; it's thirty-eight pictures, and I had to learn the hard way. How come? Thirty-eight. We before lunch one day we're shooting, and Eli's put into a room, and the room the door shut, and he goes down to his knees and uh, lays down to hear, you know, down the hallway. It was cut out of the movie, but the first thing he does is drop to listen. Then we go to lunch. This is day one. This or this is day, just day, whatever. Probably five, you know, like okay. this week. He drops down to listen outside. We cut the scene. We go to lunch. Come back from lunch. Now, I didn't know this happened. Uh, uh, the first AD comes up to Denzel and says, all right, we're going to start down on the floor, Denzel, this, that, and the other. Cool, 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 cool. And um, the cinematographer says to him, all right, D, we're going to start. You're going to be down on the floor, this, that, and the other. Cool, cool, cool. So I come in five minutes later. I'm like, D. So, <clears throat> you got to start on the floor, and this, that, and the other. He starts walking around the room going, 38, 38, 38. And his son is right here next to me, because his, his son was there for that week. And my brother's over here, and they're both laughing. I'm like, 38? What the fuck is he talking about? And his son looks up and says, 38 films. And I go, oh, okay. Like, he wasn't even going to spell it out to me. He just, right. Started he's walking. just declaring how many movies how many he's movies been in done. and that he doesn't need to hear this. Declaring? Is yeah. that what you Yeah. That's no, crazy. No, that's 38? Really, yeah, no, we were talking he's about... 20. That's no, yeah, he's done 30 and he just yelled 38. Um, he's crazy. No, that's when you're on set. That's the kind of shit that happens where you just go like, all right, yeah. It's the same thing. Like, I don't wear no makeup. I don't... It's like... It's a, no, it's a these, riddle. It's a riddle. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's not it's not even... Like it's you not, have it's not Tupac to, level shit talking. It's like no, no, no. It, it's that's very refined and insane. But what's funny is he was talking about blocking. The figure, tell, tell uh, more about that. Well, it's fucking. And I, I just love, want, I love this about Denzel because I, I'm similar in this way. And this is where my brother and he were interesting. My brother would go, "This is the shot. Now I need you to be right here in the left corner." 
And Denzel would go to the left corner. You, you need me to be here in the left corner. And he's like, yeah, left corner. So, all right, what if I walk all the way out here to the north corner and go to the right? What about this? And he'll walk over and go to the right and go, what about here? How's that look? And my brother would just be turning red. Turning Is he red. doing it because he wants to be involved or because he wants to fuck with you? He doesn't want to be confined. Right. And, he, and the one thing, too, you know, and I understand this. You'll go, you know, you'll run up on that part where you're almost, you go, don't, don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me, like, if you like, I like when you're getting ready to cry right there or laugh right there. He doesn't want anything to be contrived. So what's your function? Who, mine? Yeah, why are you Obi-Wan even there? Obi-Wan. As the director, you mean? Yeah, what's the point of you? With him, what I love, because every performer is so different, with him, it's your energy. And literally, when I say Obi-Wan, you've got you to feng shui that shit, and that's the direction. Because mm-hmm. certain, direct, certain actors... You want to hear a, a, a lot. You want to talk a lot. Certain actors need a sentence. Certain actors want to hear a word. Some, certain actors just need to see a nod. And with him, it was all um, energy and body language. And at the end of the day, actors, when you yell cut, they, they, they'll all look at you. Right, even Denzel Washington. Like, yeah. When, you're, when it's a fake, like, heads up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were saying the thing, do one more, you, know? you were saying the thing about where he would want again. You're Denzel Washington. You don't want to do a lot of takes because right. you're just fucking Denzel Washington. It's like I had that with Ving Rhames, where Ving Rhames would be like, "Brother, come on, brother. Yeah. How many? How many I got to do, brother?" Uh-huh. And I there was a thing. Where, is it because you're lazy or because you want to think? Because I you want to think that you you don't you're not as a, if you're like a great actor you kind of believe you're not going to need more than three. Right. Okay. I'm used to like own. Chappelle would literally want to do ten. Yeah. Right. I, as an actor who is not fully established, I always want more. Yeah. I want yeah. Try it again. Like, the reality is, real actors want more. And that's a movie star phenomenon, or, or someone like Morgan Freeman or Gene Hackman are similar to Denzel too. When you're, you know, Morgan Freeman or a, a litany of these great British actors, when you're just that good, you're not used to hearing "Let's go again," right? And so you get accustomed to that. You know, Denzel working with Tony Scott, I, I heard over the years, Tony's direction would be great. Let's move on. So you're a movie star, and you're you're a movie star. That that's a whole different league than being just a character actor. Absolutely, right. but you know, it's also. I mean, it's thirty eight is rude. When he said that, that's rude. I mean, you can be like, I, yeah, I got it already. Is it is it rude? Uh, it, it's more. I mean, I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. Yeah, than that. It's more yeah, exactly. It's the thing about Denzel's got to be great. He's got to be Denzel Washington, all caps, in five minutes. Five minutes from now, he's got to be at the door as Denzel Washington. So he'll say some bravado shit like 38, motherfucker. Yeah. 38. Yeah, you're saying to stay in character? No, to, to amp himself up. You know what? Both. Both. He's very... The only thing him and Tupac have in common is when you sit in the room with him, it's a different story, one-on-one. When you're out there with him, and he's a social genius, and I don't. I never use that word loosely. Genius. He has he has a persona like any movie star, but his persona <clears throat> has taken on the, the the markings of the Training Day character. <laughs> and there was always there's always this whole story about you know that's really Denzel. He finally right. just said fuck it. That's really that's really Denzel. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really Denzel. Yeah, he well, said on sixty minutes. He interesting. He goes. That's, he he said on sixty minutes. You're fucking right. I'm angry. <laughs> 
And uh, Michael uh, and Bradley was like, "You seem angry, Denzel." He's like, "Yeah, I'm angry." Why is he angry? Because he's just fucking an angry. I think he's, he's either the. I think it's the oldest brother grew up poor in Harlem, boys club shit. Theory. I have another theory. Go. And uh, I've told you know, his friends and family this. First of all, he his mother owned a, a beauty supply shop in Mar- Mount Vernon, he, uh-huh. so he had good hair his whole life. Good hair. <laughs> nice looking boy with good hair. His father was the preacher. So you're not talking about a guy that's had it bad necessarily, right? Right. He's he's seen some things, but imagine being a great actor in 1978, black actor 1978. You get up on 81. There's this guy Eddie Murphy. You take the scene right out of Hollywood Shuffle. We need more Mephonic Murph. This that. Whatever, uh, you know. What's hilarious? Yeah. So and you got a town full of white and Jewish people who don't necessarily get. This great black actor at the time. Let me just such say, thing as a great black actor. I appreciate you separating out white and Jewish. Totally, into two I split white hairs. Yeah, thank you. Split thank white you. Hair, so. It means a lot. Spoken like a true Armenian. Yeah. Go ahead. So imagine coming up under the Eddie Murphy era. Let me insert here. I've seen Eddie talk about Denzel before he was famous, and he goes, "We see Denzel at the club." The motherfucker would just be wearing a hat in the corner. He wouldn't get no pussy. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a great. Now, there's a great stories in those two. They, there's a the, the stories of Eddie Murphy and Denzel, or should I say Denzel, about Eddie Murphy. I'm not going to get into it. No, no, no. What's funny is, no, no, no. What's funny is that's one of those quiet rivalries. Yes. They both think each other are amazing, but it's just the other heavyweight champ. It's yeah. just the fucking, the two champs. They're the only two black actors that can get shit greenlit for 15, 20 years. The only two in the world on earth. You mean with longevity? Yeah, yeah, that have been able to do it for that well, long. At Denzel, too. You think about it, too. He's the only, look, he's pulled off an amazing feat. He's a real actor. Uh-huh. He's making $20 million a film, and he's black. Yeah. Okay. And consistently hits at the bottom. Not huge, but hits the bottom. But yeah, 110, 120. There's not one white boy who's ever done that. Yeah. That combo pack. Now, Mel Gibson was the closest. Yeah. Um, but we see what's happening with Mel. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why. Have you thought about know. that? Maybe Mel's involved in this rivalry, and he's just he's just mad about he Eddie. Is, and it's a trifle. It's a hilarious. No, that is interesting. Yeah. No, there are. There's. Yeah. Then you get into box office shit, and it's just like they. It's just a small. It's a rarefied. So he's the only one. Eddie Murphy's the only person that Denzel Washington can talk to, and vice versa, and commiserate with on a on a real. Yeah, fundamental experiential level. I think they're they're the only two guys that understand one another. Is Eddie Murphy a, a box office hit again and again and again? Eddie Murphy used to be, yeah. is used to the be for sure. the between nineteen ninety three and two thousand seven was the number one box office star on planet Earth. Wait, whoa, 2007? Yeah. Rewind. No, no, no. Go to the obvious no, I'm not even talking about 48. I'm, I'm talking about, I, and I know this because I was at his house a month and a half ago, and he had a clipping from USA Today that someone had framed for him. And it you was, could have just said, I saw a clipping. No, I know. But why? So I'm not going to give you the well, satisfaction. White boy Neil, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. <laughs> Biggest box over star on earth. Because you know what you don't? Shrek. Those are the movies. Yeah, yeah. you count Shrek. 
Run the years back. What was the window? You said 93 to 2007. I said 93 to 2007. I didn't even include uh, trading. I didn't include... Uh, first part of his career. 85, it should be 85 to 2007. The first act of his career, which is yeah. the most glorious part. Yeah. Yeah. 85 right. to 2007. He's no, the... 80, 80, 81. Beverly Hills Cop came out in oh, 85, I believe. For. Yeah. I'm going to start from 48 hours. Trading places. Trading no. Places, that's not his shit. No. Wow, you comedians. Wow, um, you motherfuckers, man. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, no. Last time they made a profitable movie. I mean, was it? This is the best thing. I saw. I was on an airplane and I I was in an aisle seat and somebody in another aisle seat was watching a thousand words, literally in headphones, laughing out loud, slapping her knee like this. All right, I'll tell you. That's how I saw it. Somebody else watching. I didn't. I didn't hear the words. I'm serious. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. All right. So I'll tell you some of the. All right. So me and Chappelle are there. Six weeks ago, uh, we go up. Uh, it's and he's in his bowling alley with his girlfriend bowling. Right. This is a and Tuesday night. Now there. Yep, now he has a nightclub, little nightclub down there. It's uh, eleven thirty at night on a Tuesday. Prime so we go up, and it's just him and his girlfriend bowling in his what's a fucking castle? It's a castle, fifty thousand square feet. This caught this place called Beverly Snowflake Alert. Uh, yeah, it is a white girl. <laughs> She said something funny. Oh, he's very successful. <laughs> Finally. She said something funny, though, because uh, Dave says to her, hey, I saw you on the tribute to Eddie, and she goes, yep, and I'm still around. Uh, I was like, oh, that's, that's a funny good. thing to say. Yeah, like um, so we bowl, and Eddie's literally typing our names into the computer mm-hmm. so that when we bowl a turkey, the turkey graphic uh-huh. comes up. Uh, so then me and Dave start bugging him about stand-up. Mm-hmm. When are you going to do stand-up? When are you going to do stand-up? Uh, Irony. Anyway. Uh, Please, like fucking, like right. And Dave's not. Dave's literally like. We both regressed to twelve year olds. So Dave's like, when are you gonna do stand? And and Dave goes, come on, Eddie. Ronnie did it until he fucking into his eighties. And Eddie goes, Dave. He goes, I'm not Rodney. He goes, I'm with Chaplin and them. And we were both like, and it was, again, it's one of those cocky ass things that you go, you know what? You're a hundred percent right. You are with Chaplin and them. Do you know how many times Eddie Murphy said that to himself in the mirror? No. Again, you all, you have bad, you, you see him in a negative light. I'm telling you, honestly, he is, but even to bring up his now profitable movies, he's the biggest, longest, one of the longest, that amount of money stars probably no, ever I honestly don't I don't think he's I if I ever sound like I'm being negative it's only because I'm like disappointed because I'm such a fan yeah but here's but what I'm saying is he's saying I'm with Chaplin right. we literally are bugging him like come on man please that's, that was a showstopper though and it was and it's true yeah and it's yes true. yeah and here's the thing I wasn't that same place you were but the club was being built at the time okay oh, what a and, bummer and yeah Sorry, you had to be there pre-club. You were in the bowling alley. By the way, he has the painting from the end of Good Times yes, in his bowling alley. He has alley. the actual painting. Oh, the Ernie, painting. Ernie Barnes is very tough. You, to get that is impossible. He got it from uh, from Eddie's words. He got it from Marvin Gaye's sister a week after Marvin kicked. <laughs> he's up there with Chaplin. Yeah. He's up there now. He's up there with Marvin's up there with uh, with James and them. I see this as like an amusement park. You get the same stories when you get over. There. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. He said at the time, this is what was surreal for me because this whole Richard Pryor movie, Richard Pryor. Yep, movie. yep. <clears throat> so Eddie is standing up there. Were you guys going to direct the Richard Pryor movie at some point? 
I, I was in, I was not interested, not interested, not interested, and then I became interested. When Eddie got involved, or in that somewhere in that weird window, uh -huh. and Eddie was, I was sitting down. He's standing over me in the party at the time, and he's saying, "This is why he believes he'd be the best person." He's not pitching me because right. I have the, you know. And he goes on this whole thing about why he believes he should play Richard Pryor. And I'm looking at Eddie Murphy to to kind of what we were getting at. I'm like, why the fuck would he even want to play Richard Pryor? He's Eddie Murphy. But to, I guess, this elusive point we're trying to make here, he's Eddie Murphy. What's happening then? He's what's happening. Who is doing it? Is it Nick Cannon? No, I, they're never going to make that movie. But who was it? Somebody it was. Mike Epps. Oh, Mike Epps. Right. Which, which seems strange on the surface until you get to know him. Mike Epps, who hates my guts. Uh, have I ever told you about that? No, I did not. Paul, he called me out of the blue okay. one time. Uh, we never talked. He shit on me in the press and Dave in the press, which fell in Africa. And he calls me out of the blue to talk about a project and I go Mike I thought you were mad at me man and he's like Neil man they don't do that they don't they man they just make shit up I go Mike they didn't make shit up you said that and within we were on the phone within 45 seconds we were screaming at each other it was fucking hilarious to the point where the next time I saw him if I were black he would have punched me in the face he's hilarious you think he gave you a pass because you're right yeah it was at the Laugh Factory he would have popped me in the face what year two years three years ago well, why do you not get punched in the face? Because he's not. Because he knows I'll sue him. He, it's just uh, like it's uh, like he'll, ghetto genius. Mike Epps is a ghetto fucking genius. funny dude, man. I mean, and, and 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 I love his whole thing about being retarded. You was retarded when you was little, but you grew out of it. His mother was saying, right? <laughs> and you can see, I, I I'm a late Leighton Mike Epps fan. Yeah, he never quite. No, he, he never, never quite played, popped. He was but so close. I think it's interesting because between you look at Chappelle, who is the I think the best and the brightest out of all the whatever, and who's uh, Chris Rock is Chris Rock, uh -huh. um, um, stand up wise, and then you know Kevin Hart, which is Kevin Hart, and who am I forgetting? Oh, Chris Tucker. So you got yep. you got Chappelle, Chris Tucker, and I I, I I gotta tell you, Mike Epps is not in that right now, but it's. There's an elusive gift there. Well, that's what we were talking about. I was talking to somebody about, you know, that like the devil went down to Georgia yeah. thing where you got to make that. If you have one person say one thing to make the devil laugh and save humanity, <laughs> mm -hmm. who do you send? Oh, oh, that's interesting. Like, who do you send? Chris Delia. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> No, no, who do you send? It's like, who do you... It's like... Who is it? Who do you I, send? Tupac? Right, you know, meaning <laughs> breathing comics today, right now? What do you... In the honor... Who would I send? Ever. I'll say ever. And this is... And they... It's like he can... It's basically he can talk to the devil for 40 seconds. Let's say he can do a 40-second bit. Okay. And who I do you send? Sunday. He can't... This is, my, this is my vote right here. He's calling right now. It's funny. Funniest man on the earth. Freeze Love? This is Jay Love. Who's, Who's that? Love? That's a long story. Funniest man on the planet. <laughs> That's a combination of Richard Pryor and Red Fox. But go ahead. This is a, this is a good question. Because this, this goes to just someone who can say some funny shit. It's like who can... Any run, day, though. On any day. Any, yeah, any day of the Not week. his best day. I would go with Chappelle just because I've seen... Because he's... Day. Because, no, I know. Because we've been in the trenches together and he's come through 
when I need, you know what I mean? Like, Neil, we're going to come back to you. Got Because I got something for you. Okay, go. Uh, this is hard for me. I'm going to say, do I do someone famous or do I do someone? Yeah. Do someone famous. Just probably, I would say Zach Galifianakis. Okay. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know him? Yeah. You know him well. And I think he's such a, I'm looking for people, not that I, I look for people that are consistently always funny to me. Yeah, on any given Sunday. Yeah. So I'm saying Zach or Todd Glass or as a, an unknown, uh, I mean, I would, I would say Todd or Chelsea Peretti. Those are the, uh, those are the lesser Chelsea, famous. You're getting some comic shit. I yeah. know. Sorry. You're right. But I mean, you guys need your directorship for a long no, time. No, I want to hear yeah. Uh, I I'd put Chelsea on the. I don't know Zach very well or or Todd Glass no, very well. I, I would I don't put know you well. Chelsea's funny motherfucker though. Okay, what do you got? No, I'm just saying seriously because I don't know your humor, Zach. Yes. Okay, because you know him too. Sure. Okay, and Neil. Yes. You're not just being political here. Not at all. Because that's what I was. I was. I don't know what maybe I was thinking about. A, it was a story that Chappelle told me that. It was so fucking funny. It was. It was just a thing he said that was so fucking funny. Yeah. Like it was so like funny. Like that's the thing about a guy like Davis. He's he can get in the zone. He can get in the zone that Chelsea, Zach, those guys can't get in. I'm not. I'm not going to use a, someone like Dave Chappelle because it feels for me like I'm going to do somebody I know. Well, no, it's no, no. But I'm saying Eddie. You can. So Eddie Murphy. Chelsea Peretti, Chris Rock, Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker, George Carlin, Bill Hicks, are all standing there, and you're going to go, Chelsea, you're up. Why would I answer the question boringly? Oh, I would go with uh, Richard Pryor. I'm going to go, go with honestly. Who would I you? Mean, literally, if, humanity if, 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 is at stake. Elephant hunter, and you got to go. Like, I'm Richard certainly not going to go with Chris Tucker. No. But that's just my question. He's a funny stand-up. I'm just saying. Chris Tucker's not funny, even even on my list. Snatch him and throw him in front of anyone at any time. Yes, that, that, any uh, that, that takes when I, Pryor out the game. I think that takes Eddie Murphy out the game. Why Richard? Takes, why does it take Richard? Why does it take Richard out? Because he's a fucking junkie. Just and, what about uh, Eddie? I think Eddie is is a very deep, uh, serious, per, serious person. Yes, who has to be in a system. Right, might not say. Yeah, he's he's a with, he's a con- maybe an eighty three. Wait, why am I getting in trouble for picking Zach Galifianakis? I don't know where he's from. I pick Jay Love. <laughs> Jay loves it. exactly. I'm just saying we are picking someone. Any given no, what it is like you don't again. The devil's got the devil's got a a part of him's got well, a black say, sense of humor, a white right, sense of humor. Well, it's every crowd. Now well, that was every not Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, okay, famous. Okay. Yeah. So famous. I put Will Ferrell on my list. Ferrell is a great choice. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Ferrell's a good choice. I yeah. I put uh, a lot of those guys. See, I get real right now. I, you know, a lot of those guys who are you, you're talking about. It's funny. They're all, they're all black except for the two last two you just mentioned. Right. The it, menu is black. It's pretty. The menu is pretty black. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing about black dudes is they can be and have to be funny. In the middle, you can wake a black guy up in the middle of the night, <laughs> and he'll say something. No, and he will say something pretty funny. <laughs> uh, that's just well, no. Look that at the fucking homeless. Look at the homeless guy who fucking who, who saved oh the girl. The guy, the guy who saved the homeless. Oh, 
fucking uh, proves my point about black guys on the street being funnier than the average white well, Canadian. Uh, Anderson. I would. You know what else I would say? <laughs> Who I would put on the list? I would put Stephen Wright on the list. Who? Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright in oh, town. No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He could do oh, a short bit. Forty seconds. Forty seconds. No, no, forty seconds. Peter's free. Okay, that's good. That's good. Stephen Wright. That's actually. And black people fuck with Stephen Wright. And if God Puerto Rican fuck with Stephen Wright. Women fuck with him. Three of Stephen Wright's favorite jokes without laughing. Then he really is the a powerful god. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, the devil. devil. Yeah, the, the, the devil's gonna win. You pick. I, I, you know, I'd all, all I do is look at all those guys. I don't think any of them can make the devil laugh in forty seconds. Because you believe in the power of the devil. <laughs> I right. really don't. I don't. You know, and I'm a big Chappelle fan too. And I think, <laughs> I think even when he's not trying to be funny, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's more than forty seconds. <laughs> no, I. Yeah. <laughs> there was a time I would have said Patrice O'Neill. Absolutely. I would have said Patrice. Patrice. You know yeah. Patrice O'Neill? Yeah. Yeah. Put him on the list. Yeah, he's on the list. Put him on the devil goes down to devil goes. He would speak the devil's language too. That dude is interesting. D rated. D rated. Uh, yes. D rated a funny motherfucker. Un- un- in terms of just. Uh, and this guy. I've never seen him. D rated crowd work is fucking lacerating and excellent. Is mm-hmm. what? Uh, crowd work oh, where you just yeah, snap yeah, on yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no, he, that's what I'm saying. Like, he would, I'd put him on my list. Neil, you know who else I put on my list? Charles Barkley. <laughs> In terms of just saying something fucking funny like that. To, to, make, to make the devil laugh? Yes. Hughes to society with, with a number two, would you say? You know what I'm talking about. Hughes to society, as a menace to society. Yeah, H-U-G-H-E-S. Do a search for it before you just follow society. it. And then I'm going to look up uh, Neil. And what is your name? Moshe Kasher. Moshe Kasher. It's at Moshe Kasher. I find this really fascinating because I think this shit is retarded. What? Twitter? It's fucking all that shit is retarded. But you want to, you're right. What, what's that? all that shit? Uh, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram. Yeah. Everyone feels like they're an artist now. They yeah. express uh, themselves. And every, well, you know what it is? Everyone's a, is a, is a, an art collector. No, but real time. Everyone's like, my taste. Have I heard you, have I, have I told you about my, brain. my taste? Seriously, when it comes to social media, honestly, I'm a chaplain in that. <laughs> Folks. Guys, that's the that's an episode of the Champs that uh, people are going to be talking about for a long time. All right, peace, y'all. Good to see you. Al, thanks for coming, man. Oh, high class, niggas. This shit sound crazy. This shit sound crazy. Flash it on. This shit sound crazy. This shit sound crazy. Cannon. Cannon. Now, you're fucking with the Champs. This down on the black lane. You don't even know. don't like snakes, keep my grad cut so low, can't even more. Sip done, period, look high, glow. No, no, we don't do more. It ain't PJ, no rose for me. Host don't need port. Spent some time for it. Putting down Michael Kors. Always on like the refrigerator unplugged, then, oh, you know it. 
AP and that P-Gate with a bright lean when on board. Got a masterpiece and a 41 millimeter, you ain't even know it. Keep the 45 in my pocket, I ain't gon' show it till I have to pop it, then you gon' know it. Damn, who shot you, they don't even know it. Hawks game, fucking Floyd. TVC, front row it. Rock go to Dunn, CEO it. Ain't got a rapper, you know it. It's down on the pair of shoes, you don't even know it. It's down on the pair of shoes, you don't even know it. Just have me no car, you don't even know it. I came up from bottom, you don't even know it. My niggas alright with me, you don't even know it. Got killers with me right now, you don't even know it. This million dollar watch, nigga, you don't even know it. Got a million dollar crib, nigga, you don't even know it. That nigga show you that re rock, you ain't even know it. I die over these Reeboks. You ain't need no Put Molly all in her champagne. She ain't need no I took her home and I enjoyed that. She ain't need no Got a hundred acres I live on. You ain't need no Got a hundred rounds in this AR. You ain't need no Got a bag of bitches I play with on cloud nine in my spaceship. Zoned out, but he stay fresh from zone one through zone six. Bricks all in my blood. Birds all in my dreams. Boats all in my yard. Lemon pepper my wings. I'm about to get you fucked, niggas. Whack. You ain't even know. Your main nigga about to turn his back. You ain't even know. It's down all the pair of shoes. You don't even know. It's down all the pair of shoes. You don't even know. Just have me in the car. You don't even know. I came up from bottom. You don't even know. My niggas all right with me, you don't even know it. Got killers with me right now, you don't even know it. This million dollar watch, nigga, you don't even know it. Got a million dollar crib, nigga, you don't even know it. You turned up every day, you don't even know it. Got your bitch with me right now, you don't even know it. We turn up in the club, you don't need no Got a hundred bottles coming, you don't need no We came up from that, you don't even know it Drive a half a million dollar car, you don't even know it It's down on the best shoes, you don't even know it Got bitch speaking no English, you don't even know it It's down on the best shoes, you don't even know it It's down on the best lane, you don't even know it just have me in the car, you don't even know it. I came up from bottom, you don't even know it. My niggas alright with me, you don't even know it. Got killers with me right now, you don't even know it. This million dollar watch, nigga, you don't even know it. Got a million dollar crib, nigga.